For those of you, I see a few faces I don't recognize, so for those of you who don't know me, um, my name is Trish Barrett, I'm a member here, and I also um, do a lot of missions work overseas. And Pastor Jeff is kind enough to give me an opportunity one or two times a year to share a little bit about what has happened the past year, what I'm getting ready to do. And then today I will also be sharing some scripture with you um, about change. My word for 2023 was new, and my word for 2024 is change. And I think they go together because when new things happen, they usually bring change. We are at the cusp of a new year. I don't know about you, but I tend to think in large chunks of time. Do you realize that one quarter of the century is nearly gone? I mean, it seems to me it was just, in fact, occasionally I will still write 1900 on my checks. <laughs> um, but we really see the time passing. And as that time passes, there are a lot of new things and a lot of changes. This next year, I hope to be moving, not that I want to leave Lansdowne, not that I want to leave the city where I live, Baltimore, um, but I do want to be closer to my family. Uh, in 24, I will turn 70, and that seems like a very good time to me to kind of pull back a little and spend time with my sisters and their children and their grandchildren. And um, so I will be at some point this year, I believe, moving to Blacksburg, Virginia, where Virginia Tech is. And um, I have lots of family who either lives there or lives across the border in West Virginia where I was raised. So that will be one of the changes for me. One of the other changes is, and it happened back February of this past year, when I took some time and really searched the scriptures and just said, God, what do you have for me? And I heard him saying, I want you to pull back. And I thought, that can't be God. He wouldn't say that. But the more I prayed on it, the more I talked to a couple of uh, people about it, I felt strongly that that was the voice of God saying to pull back. I'm not sure what exactly that will look like for me. Um, I still will travel. I still will train. Part of what I believe God has called me to is a little less administration. Any of you who have been involved in organizations know there are meetings all the time. <laughs> and I really would like to not be on the computer Zoom doing meetings hours every day. So I think that's part of what it will look like. Uh, my role with the organization right now is called mobilization, and that's recruiting. And this past year, we have filled a lot of needed positions, and I feel very, very pleased. But I want to recruit someone to take my position. We have reorganized a little bit as we've gained more people around the world involved with our training. And so we have pulled some of our people who were working more in the United States to be in administration internationally. So we need some positions within the US filled now, particularly in communications 
and in some organizing of trainings and mentoring women who are in our trainings. So entrust comes from 2 Timothy 2.2. The things you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, these entrust to faithful men and women who will be able to teach others also. When I was in the Middle East in November, I was training women not just so they could grow in their faith, but these were women who were already leaders in their churches or in their organizations. And so training women to train others is what we do. Um, before we ever left, there was a group that we had trained who said, would you come back and do this in a different city of that country? And so it looks like I will be going back to the Middle East. I do not say the name of the country when this is being streamed. Um, looks like I will be going back there in May for another training. And at that time, um, once you've made the trip all the way across the ocean, I will try to see some of the women that I mentor who live in the Czech Republic, possibly in Spain, definitely will be in Hungary, and uh, part of pulling back also means I think I'm going to take a real vacation <laughs> um, because so often all of my travel is ministry. I may get one day to sightsee, uh, but it's not like I get a lot of time. And my niece uh, wants to travel with me. So I'm looking forward to actually a week of vacation at that trip, probably in Finland and Estonia. And already Estonia has become partly work because I know some people there who are interested in our training, but Finland should be all vacation. So those are some of the changes that are ahead for me. I um, wonder, for those of you who were here last week, I was taking notes when Jeff was preaching and one of his questions was, what if we trusted God who was behind the Christmas story. He's the power behind the Christmas story. And then he said, we would change our lives. And change is one of the words that I want to talk about today. Not just the kind of changes that I've mentioned, like a move, but inward change that then changes us outwardly. So I'm going to read um, a passage with some verses before and after, but focusing in Romans on Romans 12, 1 and 2. Um, but I'm not going to read that portion just yet. You can look at that and I'll get to it in a minute, but I want to read what comes before. Paul writes in Romans 11:33, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of Christ? Or who became his counselor? Or who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory 
forever. Amen. The first 11 chapters of Romans are very theological. Why we need a Savior. The Savior that we are given. And then in 9 through 11, the situation of the Jews. What about the Jewish population? How is God going to reach them? But then he goes into this, what we would call a doxology. Praise to God. And right after that praise comes Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And then verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world but be transformed, be changed by the renewing of your mind. And some people call that the reformation of your mind. So don't be conformed, be transformed by being reformed so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, that word transformed in the Greek, if I say it in Greek, you're going to know what word it comes from that is related, um, that we get our English word from, because it's metamorpho, metamorphosis is what we get from that word. And this is a change that happens inwardly, but it does have an outward appearance. It's the same word that two of the gospel writers use when they talk about Jesus being transfigured. He was changed in the presence of Peter and James and John. They saw it. It was something that came from within, but they saw the transformation. And I want us to reflect today about change. Could you show the video now, please? This is a monarch butterfly, caterpillar. I'm not seeing the video, I'm just seeing a still picture. Oh, there it is. Back there doesn't work. Metamorphosis, change. 
because of what God has done that Paul has talked about in Romans 1 through 11, and especially because of this great praise and doxology that we read, Paul says, therefore, I urge you. He's encouraging us, exhorting us. And he says, by the mercies of God, God has been merciful to us. He does not give us what we deserve. He put that on his son, Jesus. To present your bodies. I like that because so often we think we present our minds to God, but he's saying present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Isaac in the Old Testament was an example of a living sacrifice. Jesus in the New Testament was an example of a living sacrifice. But he tells us to present our bodies as living sacrifices. And he says, a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And then we come to these form words. Do not be conformed to this world. Um, I believe it's the message that says, don't let this world press you into its mold. We are blessed living in an information age. And sometimes I think we are cursed living in an information age because there is just so much going on around us. And it is so easy to allow what our eyes see and our ears hear to be the guiding factors of our lives so that we are letting the world from the outside change us as opposed to being transformed, changed from the inside. There are all kinds of physical reactions going on, chemical reactions going on in that caterpillar before it changes to a butterfly. So much that is literally in its DNA that allow it to go through that change. So where do we start? We cannot be that living sacrifice renewed in our minds or reformed by our thinking without knowing Jesus first. He came as a baby, which we talked about last week in Luke 2. He lived a sinless life. He was both God and man, one of the greatest miracles of all time. Outside of time, stepped into time. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And he didn't just live that sinless life, but he took the penalty for our sin. 
paid for it with an excruciating death on the cross, but that wasn't the end. We'll get to Easter in a few months, actually earlier this year, and we will see that even though he was buried, he was raised again to new life. That inward change in him, that transfiguring for all time when he was raised with his glorified body. So we can't be changed from the inside unless we know him personally, unless we come to Jesus and say, I have sinned and I need a savior. I think I am hearing because we have people who have done our training in Ukraine that the Ukrainians today are much more open to the gospel than they have been in the past 10, 20 years because they had everything going for them. I took a group from this church on a missions trip there. Joy and I went with some others. And there was some openness to the gospel, but not a lot because they had a lot of things going for them 10, 20 years ago. But now, in their need, they are turning to Jesus. They see they need that inward change that only he can give. So that's the first step, coming to Christ. But the second change that needs to happen, rather than kind of being that once in a lifetime change of coming to Christ, is the ongoing change of growing of letting the inside of our minds and our hearts be changed so that we can change outwardly, just as this butterfly was. I mean, it still kind of has the coloring of the caterpillar, but it's no longer crawling along. It's flying. And we can fly because of what God is doing in our lives, but sometimes that means change. So I want to give you about 60 seconds for those of you who do know Jesus and you're looking at 2024, ask yourself, what would God have me do to renew my mind so that outwardly I am living the way he would want me to live. So let's pray silently for about 60 seconds. Father, we cannot change without that power that is spoken of in verse 1 that comes through the Holy Spirit. 
And there are many of us here today who do know you personally, and we want to be conformed to the image of your son, as Paul wrote also in this book of Romans, not conformed to the world. And we want us to renew you to renew our minds. So I pray as we move forward in this message that you would just give us some practical ways to make those changes. In Jesus' name, amen. There is, um, it's called a translation. I was just talking with Jeff about this. I don't believe it's a translation. To me, it's a paraphrase. But it's a newer version that's out there called the Passion Translation. And I want to read Romans 12, 1 and 2, just again to give us a, a fresh perspective on the way someone writes these two verses. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Verse two, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reforming of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. So what kinds of things are available to us through the Holy Spirit and through what Jesus has done to enable us to change on the inside so that what people see on the outside is what a Christian should be living. Obviously, first and foremost, the word. Um, I don't know if you have a Bible reading plan for the year. I don't know if you have a devotional book that you read or a lot of us on our phones. I've tried the phone, but then I get distracted with the emails and the messages coming in. So I'm back to reading in my Bible. Um, but we need to be in the Word. I was talking to someone who says it takes a while to drive to and from work. So maybe listening to something in the car that is scripture but we need to be filling our minds with the word of God. And I don't know about you, but unless I'm intentional about it, that doesn't happen. I have to have a plan. And maybe you're a morning person like me, and that plan is first thing in the morning. Some of you I know are not. And so maybe you're better in the evening. I would fall asleep if I tried to do it in the evening. Uh, some of you, the best time may be when the kids are at school. And so it's lunchtime. Whenever it is, just make sure you're in the word because the word then is getting into you. 
being able to renew your mind so that you are transformed, changed from the inside. Something else that is very, very important is prayer. We do that here corporately as the body of Christ. And I love hearing our children pray. Um, it's just such a wonderful thing to be together and pray. But we also need those times when we're alone with God to pray. Again, I can be distracted very easily. I use a journal and I write out a lot of the things that are my prayers. May not be helpful for you. You may be fine just praying them to God. But prayer is crucial if we are really going to change outwardly. But there is also this aspect of being around other believers. Uh, who you are with will rub off on you. <laughs> you may not think it's rubbing off on you, but if you're with someone who uses certain phrases for a long period of time, you'll find yourself using those phrases. So I'm not saying don't be around non-Christians. I have a lot of non-Christian friends that I try to spend time with because how else are they going to know about God unless someone spends time with them? But it's also important to be with other believers, whether that be in a small group, in your home for devotions, um, whatever that may look like for you, make sure that you have other believers. Um, Proverbs talks about iron sharpening iron. That's like against like, iron sharpening iron. And we want to be sharpened so that outwardly we are living what we say we believe. And also serving. God has given us a church with many spiritual gifts. And I can look straight at some of you and know you have the gift of service. Um, others of you may have the gift of teaching, administration. Some of you have gifts of, of encouraging or exhortation. There's a whole range of spiritual gifts. Use your gifts that God has given you. Use your talents that you have, whether that be singing. I was telling Amanda how much I enjoy it when she sings and leads us in worship. Use what God has given you, and that will again begin to transform you into what he wants you to be. So change could be good, could be bad in 2025, 24. We don't even know what's coming. But we know things are going to change. And I pray that we will be ready for the changes of the culture and the world around us because we will have allowed God to transform us to metamorphosize us <laughs> from the inside, but that other people are going to be able to see it just as you saw that butterfly fly away. 
Make 2024 the year that you fly. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we love you. We love your word. I do ask if there is anyone here who does not know you that today would be the day that they would reach out to me or one of the elders or pastor if they aren't sure exactly how to trust in you. But we know that that's the important first step. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. And Lord, we know there are some who have walked with you for a long time and they want to continue growing, being transformed, not conformed to this world. And I ask that you would just help us to make use of what theologians call the means of grace. Make use of the word, of prayer, of corporate worship, of serving, of all the things that you give us, Lord. May we allow you to renew our minds so that we are truly changed more and more into the image of your son. Father, thank you. You are a faithful God. We pray asking that you would continue to be with those who weep today because of loss. We pray you would help us to be those who weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. In Jesus' name, amen.